2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now
3: here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
4: Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. for the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy's taking the day off, so I'll be with you solo, along with new Mike. The next two hours, we've got a jam-packed show. Holy smokes. Some days you kind of think, oh, this is a slow news day or a slow information day. This is not the day. There is a lot going on here in western Pennsylvania and across the world, so we're happy to plug you into what's uh, what we consider to be pertinent. You know, um sometimes a chicken sandwich is just a chicken sandwich, but if you would talk to some people, people who are just outraged and deeply opposed <laughs> to Chick-fil-A, which... Uh, <sighs> It just makes you—it makes me chuckle. It makes me chuckle that people are so flipped out and so deeply angry over a chicken restaurant's stand on traditional marriage that they would choose to ban or boycott or raise the middle finger in protest to the horrors of a chicken chicken sandwich. So over the Thanksgiving weekend, there's a, a university in New Jersey called Ryder University. They released an open letter uh, explaining their decision to not include Chick-fil-A as an option for a new restaurant on campus. Now, we've heard the story again and again and again that somehow Chick-fil-A has become, you know, the the boogeyman, the demon of uh, what it is to be a Christian in the 21st century. So as a response to Chick-fil-A in their stand for what we consider traditional marriage – and Chick-fil-A is not making, you know, uh, some self-righteous stand about this. They're not, you know, proclaiming uh, somewhere in their store, you know, that um You know, marriage is solely between a man and a woman. Uh, If you've gone into a Chick-fil-A, you see the staff. They are unconscionably uh, uh, polite and kind, excellent in their service. They train kids to say, uh, my pleasure, that's my pleasure, please, thank you, and all those good things that, you know, make society a well-oiled machine. But somehow Chick-fil-A has become, you know, the darkness of what it is to be a Christian in the world. And I don't know about you, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't understand how, how this has happened, how we have become so splintered and so angry at each other in our public discourse that we make a chicken restaurant the be-all and end-all of what it is to be a believer in the 21st century. So anyway, b- back to this uh, story. Ryder University said, we are not going to uh, allow Chick-fil-A to be on campus. The letter was from the university president, uh, Greg Del Omo. He says Chick-fil-A was excluded because of the company's record widely perceived to be in opposition to the LGBTQ community. Now, quite honestly, if you did a little work, did a little research and some reading, that is not the case. It is not. Chick-fil-A, which is Unusual that they would respond to such a claim has responded, and they say this, quote, back to the university, quote, while we respect the university's decision, this news story represents a good opportunity to clarify misperceptions about our brand. Our restaurants welcome everyone. We have no policy of discrimination against any group, and we do not have a political or social agenda. More than 120,000 people from different backgrounds and beliefs represent the Chick fil A brand. Now, criticism, uh, you might know this, against Chick fil A reached a peak in 2012 when CEO Dan Caffey said that when it comes to same sex marriage, society has a quote, arrogant attitude to think that we have the audacity to define what marriage is about, end quote. The company's wind-shaped foundation was criticized that same year for donations to organizations deemed by many to be anti-LGBTQ. Those organizations include the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the Marriage and Family Foundation, the Salvation Army. In other words, these supposed anti-gay organizations are organizations with Christian roots that advocate for a biblical definition of marriage. That's all. A biblical definition of marriage. That's all. They're not saying that we are hating on LGBTQ. Chick-fil-A is not saying that. They're not saying that LGBTQ is not welcome in their restaurants. They're not saying they're not going to serve anyone or anything like that. They're saying that we believe in this biblical definition of marriage, and that's all. But by saying that in some way, then Chick-fil-A and perhaps you or I, we become bigots and haters. We become... Relegated to the dustbin of history outside the social norms of where we stand in 21st century America. I don't know. So Rider University, the latest the latest, <clears throat> the latest uh, enlightened and engaged and um, socially equipped organization to, to deride Chick-fil-A. Anyway, Chick-fil-A does not need our sympathies or uh, our support. They just want to sell a good chicken sandwich, which I believe – Ninety-nine percent of the people who walk into Chick Fil A go, that's a dang good Chick Fil A sandwich. I'm into that. Hey, uh, with that in mind, we're also sorry to hear. I'm sure you've heard if you you know following along with the local news that uh, three there's this new push in Afghanistan uh, to eradicate uh, American forces or forces that are unfriendly to ISIS. But uh, Hopewell high graduate, a young man by the name of Dylan Eklund, has been killed in Afghanistan. And uh, it is uh, with great sadness we talk about and report that, that uh, Dylan Eklund always wanted to go and join the military, that he was this was part of his life. And um, a sergeant who had been deployed in Afghanistan several times lost his life here uh, just the other day. And so we, along with all of Western Pennsylvania, more in the passing of Dylan Eklund. okay well hey, we have a good show for you today um, mr. Rogers has had a um, more than his 15 seconds of fame uh, nationally internationally and I think if you're from Pittsburgh you know you would consider mr. Rogers your neighbor right um, uh, one of the many times I would be walking in squirrel Hill and and I would run into Mr. Rogers. You'd see Fred Rogers. And you'd get a little geeked. You know, hey, there's Fred Rogers. Um... I had an opportunity to speak to Fred and was curious about the guy. And I think for everybody, everybody who would run into Fred Rogers probably had the same question. Is Mr. Rogers the same in person, you know, walking down Forbes or Murray Avenue in Squirrel Hill? Is he that same guy as that he would appear on Channel 13, on PBS, on WQED? Is he the same guy? Well... Um, Maxwell King is going to join us during the 5 o'clock hour to answer that question. And I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, uh, something you probably don't already know. But in the two degrees of separation, which is Pittsburgh, PA, or even one degree of separation, the answer is a resounding yes, that he was essentially the same guy. Now, of course, he's (laughs) he's not a saint. Uh, he's flesh and blood like you and I, and so he had his, um, his high points and, of course, his low points. And I-, I know Maxwell King in his excellent The Good Neighbor, which is a brand new bio. Uh, first time ever that someone has written a biography of Fred Rogers. The Good Neighbor, the life and work of Fred Rogers. Well, Maxwell King will tell many, many stories about Fred Rogers' life and times, growing up uh, a child of privilege in the Trobe, Pennsylvania. One of the the wealthy, probably the wealthiest kid in Latrobe, PA, driven back and forth to his elementary and junior high school by a chauffeur, uh, a maid, all the accoutrements of what it is to live, lead a life of privilege in the 1940s and 1950s. Fred Rogers became the world's Mr. Rogers. So we'll talk about that during the five o'clock hour, in just a little bit as well. Uh, Doctor Gary Neil Hansen will talk with us about Advent and how to pray through the Advent season. Of course, this Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, and uh, you know, while the rest of the world is going to look and kick off with um, Cyber Monday and Black Friday and all that, which is all good and well, right? Grab yourself a Chick Fil A sandwich in the in the meantime. We're going to talk about prayer during this Advent season. Also, in just a few minutes. Our good friend, uh, Pastor and Counselor Tony Turner, will join us via uh, via phone. Uh, Tony is always a great voice here in the city of Pittsburgh for racial reconciliation, and she'll talk about her mom, who recently passed away at the uh, the ripe old age of hundred and three years of age, and what it is to be a black woman here in the city of Pittsburgh and witness and experience life through that lens. Stick around for all that. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sands Kath today on this Thursday afternoon. Back in a
5: few. 101.5 WORD
3: With James McDonald and Walk in the Word. If you have unanswered prayers, it's probably time for you to go for a breakthrough. Discover the barriers and malfunctions in your prayer life that can put your prayers on mute. Then, find out how to build increasing confidence in your relationship with God as we kick off one of our favorite teaching series titled Breakthrough Prayer. This week on Walk in the Word with James McDonald tomorrow morning at 6 a.m.
6: on 101.5 WORD. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down.
7: The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money.
6: What is it people need to keep in mind?
7: Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options, it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important
6: to act now. Our health market's Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For
8: your free Medicare assistance, call 800-741-5592. That's 800 741 Five ninety two 5592 four one fifty five ninety two.
3: We've been in business since two thousand and one. Greg Hybert, independent local owner of Sears Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning. We care about our customer satisfaction. We're actually a local company. It's a franchise-owned, which is my family, the hybrid family. And just recently, we were rewarded third in the nation in customer service. If you have an issue, we want to hear about it. We want to know if something happened because we want to take care of it. We're going to get your home as clean as we can. Call 412-821-5200. Satisfaction guaranteed.
9: 412-821-5200. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app. The app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. One Place lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen, even offline or in airplane mode, with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free One Place app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for One Place. That's One Place.
5: Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight.
4: Pastor, counselor, Tony Turner is with us. Tony has uh, spent many years within the city uh, looking at racial reconciliation. You can find her also on uh, Facebook where she's got a, a, a very interesting page about such things. Tony, how are you doing, friend?
10: I'm doing well. How about you, John?
4: I can't complain. It's a it's a dreary Thursday afternoon. The sun is setting and uh winter's upon us, but I mean, all things considered. That but, happens every year. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. Yes. So, um mm-hmm. Tony uh, as I was introducing you before you joined us on the air, I was talking about you and your mom. Let's talk about your mom first, okay?
10: Uh my beautiful mom. Yeah, yeah she went to, went to be with the Lord uh in September. On September the tenth, which was the beginning of the Jewish New Year, she decided to spend it with the one she loved more.
9: <laughs> and she was
4: uh, she was one
10: hundred and four.
4: A uh, hundred and four years of age, and up until recently, she was in fairly good health and um and really sort of spry and and with it, wasn't she?
10: Yeah, she was. She's uh, actually, John. When she passed away, she was not on. Any medication wow, and um, i uh you know I did all that I could you know to try to get her to hold on, but after a while you know you just the Lord just lets you know that it's the person's time, and um you know she she went very sweetly, there was no pain, there was no I mean, they gave us uh, medication to, to help her if there was any kind of struggling, but there was none, none of that. She just went very sweetly. Wow,
4: 104 years of age. When she was able to talk about her childhood memories and things like that, I mean, was she going, Was she able to go way, way back? Did she remember early on?
10: Well, uh, I will. she remembered way early on but before. Well, she remembers when our streetlights were lanterns, you Whoa. know, the people actually,
9: <laughs> <Gas lights. laughs> you know,
10: people actually, yeah. And, um, you know, the first cars and, you know, the airport, I mean, the airplanes. And,
11: yeah.
10: I mean, she was, you yeah. know, and then she has memories of, uh, you know, some of her um, aunts and uncles that, uh, for example, the, she had one d- uncle that was an obstetrician who, uh, after 14 years of, of hard labor, he put himself through medical school. And he began his practice in 1904, so it was in the 1800s that he actually was uh, working his way through medical school. Wow. And, uh, you know, she, he was responsible for her going to nursing school. So her memories go back pretty far. And
4: uh, oh, It's fascinating I, to think that, you know, a, a woman of 104 years old, a, a black woman, a, an African-American woman, can look back mm-hmm. that far. And, and I'm sure she talked mm-hmm. about uh, racial injustice and the things that she saw as things changed.
10: You know, she did and she didn't. I mean, there were things that that took place. I mean, when she got out of nursing school, um, as I've told you before, she was not able to practice nursing in the city of Pittsburgh because of her color. Her mother was trained as a teacher, but she was not able to teach because of her color. Uh, And yet there was a strong work ethic among our family. Um, My grandfather, he... He built houses, he was an inventor, he, you know, did coal in the winter, he did ice in the summer. You know, you just did what you had to do, but couldn't spend a lot of time talking about uh, racial injustice Mm -hmm. because you had work to do.
11: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So
10: I I marveled at how, you know, even among, you know, my my aunts and uncles, I, I don't recall a lot of bitterness. You know, they stated some things that just were but you just kept it moving
4: mm, the root of bitterness did not strangle them in their lives
10: no no yeah. and, I, and that's something that uh you know i appreciate especially yeah. when you can see how it, it actually destroys sure
4: it. well clearly you're the fruit of that because uh you're not a bitter person yourself what about what about your mother's faith 104 years old mm-hmm. did she talk about her belief in christ and you know that that arc in her life and how that came to her
10: Oh, there was always uh, a connection with the Presbyterian Church, and I've even learned some things since then from uh, Reverend Johnny Monroe, who uh, was raised in the same county as our our family. But uh, he said that there were two types of Presbyterian churches. One was the Northern Presbyterian, and there was the the Southern Presbyterian Church. And the Southern Presbyterian uh, Church believed that slavery was supposed to be period, and the Northern Presbyterian uh, Church believed that slavery was a sin, and so our family was connected to the, the Northern Presbyterian Church. My mother said that uh, her grandparents were deaf, and because of that, the children knew how to speak sign language, and uh, because they, they were not uh, under slavery, they were allowed to learn to read. And so there was one uh one of her uncles that was actually he did sign ministry uh wherever there was a uh a need really? in the Presbyterian church in the United States, which is really interesting. But there's always been that connection of faith um throughout throughout our, our family. And there was a time when my mother was uh just so on a quest for uh knowing more about God until it actually drew her into the occult. And uh but she always had her, had one foot in Christianity, and, and finally, you know, Jesus was able to pull her all the way in. Fabulous. So, um, you know, thanks be to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll um, that. that but that strain of faith has always been in our family. Excellent.
4: Okay, let's uh, let's turn and talk now about uh, your work on Facebook, which is really relevant and extremely necessary. You're doing something called the Gracism Task Force. Now, uh, it's not racism, it's gracism. Tell us about mm-hmm.
10: this. Well, first of all, um, I... I think my background is that I have always been, you know, in a multicultural situation. But um, if you remember Martin Luther King saying that the eleven o'clock hour was the most segregated hour in uh, in the you know in the United States, and uh, where that's true, uh, I, I remember uh, Chuck Pierce, who was a very strong prophetic voice in the Christian church who came to covenant at one point, And he said that, that racism is the last stronghold that needs to be pulled down before God will usher in that last great revival. And, um, so I, I feel like it's time for the church to position ourselves to, um, fulfill the dream that Jesus had, that we would be one as he and the father were one. Um, and so, in order to position ourselves, we're going to have to get rid of some things. I, I can feel, you know, the the warfare where the enemy is so trying to keep, you know, racism alive uh, in our nation. And, and I, I can, you know, there are some actually some evidences on television, for example, or, you know, different situations where you see interracial things happening. Yeah. But it's not the same for the church I believe that the church is still uh, still has need of exposing that elephant that's in the room because we act like it's not there uh, we have the need to expose it and to destroy it because God has power that he wants to pour into the church and that is what is holding us back from seeing the fullness of what God has for it
4: Yes. For it. So, so there it is, as Martin Luther King said, right, that 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, the most, um, the most disparate time of year, time of the mm-hmm. week that we are so deeply mm-hmm. divided, whites in mm-hmm. one church, blacks in another. And, and still, yeah. decades later, that, that same sentiment, that same truth is there. Uh, and we could be a leader in changing the way that we look at each other, right? But instead we are sort of frozen in our pews and we're fearful or arrogant or what? We're just stubborn in our willingness to engage.
10: Well, it, and it, sometimes it's an unwillingness to engage, John. But sometimes it's just not really understanding that it's there. There are some people who are in total denial that there is uh, any... Um, Racial disparity, you know, within the body of Christ, but I've seen it even in churches where there is a multi multicultural attendance, you know, but nobody talks about it, and so, but and yet you can hear little um, conversations here and there that let you know it's still quite there. It's like uh, my, my logo is the Paisley print elephant in the room, and if you notice wherever that is, the elephant is always too big for the little square that I have it in because the elephant is there just taking up space that, that should be for, you know, people, for new converts. It's, it's there, you know, smelling up the room so that you really can't get the fragrance of God that He wants Uh, that he wants for not just his people, but for those that would believe because we believe, you know, that was part of Jesus' prayer.
4: Now, uh, people would say, well, Tony, you know, uh, I am – I'm Methodist, or I'm Episcopalian, or I'm a Roman Catholic, and you know my mm-hmm. faith traditions are my faith traditions, and it's, and it's not necessarily a racial thing. But I'm just going to go worship where I feel where I feel comfortable. Maybe some place where I was raised in the faith, and for me to go to um, you know a black church or, or whatever, um, it just doesn't feel right to me. And it's not about race; it's just about my comfort. And I think that's probably what a lot of people have to say.
10: Well, for, as far as the comfort is concerned, I mean, our example of Jesus, if we we believe in Jesus, according to my Bible, he left his comfort zone to come down here <laughs> to uh, to relate to us. You he know. sure did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he could have stayed up there. Yeah, you know, heaven's uh, good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but he chose to come here to identify with us, with stinky me. You mm-hmm. know, he came down here to take my place in what was considered the most disgraceful kind of of death, humiliation. I mean, how, how many likes do you think Jesus would have gotten on his Facebook page? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he went through criticism after criticism, and we complain about, you know, somebody not liking us, you know, and so we can't tell the truth, yeah. but Jesus always told the truth.
4: And those Pharisees, right? There's no, no longer that. <laughs> exactly,
10: and um, I just uh, you know I'm a, I'm just all about anything that speaks about unity. And, you know, racism is is just part of that, um, because uh, I mean, there's so many other ways that the enemy tries to keep us divided, like even the denominationalism that you just right. got finished talking about. Um, but I don't think that the I think the Lord doesn't have a problem with us picking what church we want to go to. Uh, even if it is, it happens to be all white. It's our mentality. Do we really do we embrace everyone, or do we exclude? Um, I have actually felt the need to, to redefine racism uh, because there are some people that believe that uh, black people, for example, can't be racist. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have chosen to uh, to to um, to identify it as. If, if I extend favor to you, John, or if I withhold favor from you based on anything on your outward appearance, then I consider that racism. racism. I and agree. You understand? Yeah. If, if it means your economic sta- standard, if it means whatever denomination, or if it means, you know, the color of your skin. Because um, there are people even within, you know, certain what we call race or ethnic groups that discriminate against each other
11: oh sure you know right right the,
10: the, you know the enemy can't stand it when we're standing in unity and so anything he can do to throw division into the the uh mix he's going to do it
4: no doubt okay so tony now i know as a believer you, you're always much more optimistic than you are pessimistic but mm-hmm. you know as far as the races coming together at some point mm-hmm. i mean you know when you go to look like, were you at uh i action this year again right Yes. Now there you see it, right? There you see it. That that that's an explosion. What
10: what is it that you saw? I I see
4: an explosion of love and unity, togetherness, and under the body of Christ.
11: Mm
10: -hmm. That's exactly right. It's you know there's um, Denise Graves, uh, Mm -hmm. who used to be one of our worship leaders. She wrote a song years ago. It says, "Every time that we are gathered together in His name, there He is also in power and in strength." Jesus said, wherever there are two or more gathered in my name, I'm right in the middle of the mix. And so that means that something should take place that's powerful because he's there, because we believe, just because we believe, and we're in one accord. So if I can't stand to next to somebody that's a different shade, you know, yeah. or if, you know, uh, what I appreciated about Amen to Action is also the generations. You know, they were young, they mm-hmm. were old. You know, that was such. It's such a powerful thing to say to the next generation, this is what we do, Yeah, you know, and, and it doesn't we're doing this for people that that are in need, regardless of what that need might be.
4: I love that. And you know what? The big thing I loved about Amen to Action is that it's one thing to worship. And of course, that's necessary as a centerpiece. Right. But there was work that's involved right. as well that everybody got together because we were going to do something together. And by doing mm-hmm. something together, we were going to change people's lives
11: hmm
10: That was the whole thing. I mean, the goal of the uh, that, that Bishop Zubik and Reed Carpenter had in mind when they first started the reunion gatherings, and that was the Christian leaders from all over the city, was to make Pittsburgh made known more for the presence of God than it was for steel. And so we got together. Uh, as you know, we got together, and we, we spent some time in prayer, and we had, you know, a great time together. But then the question comes up, after we've said amen, then what do we do? Let's so go. that's where the action, that's where the action came in, and yeah. so we decided, uh, you know, to to begin by you know helping with the uh, packing of the foods. That first year, oh my goodness, the the, the goal was just to have a thousand people to pack a million meals. Yeah, three, and they got
11: three thousand plus,
10: 000. and this year it was even greater, and they packed even more meals, and um, it, you know it was just such a uh such an electric um, atmosphere to uh to see what can happen when we all come together like that
4: amen to that well Tony thanks enough a lot I mean it's always a pleasure that you're with oh. us uh, listen uh, g- give yourself a plug for your for your gracism page on Facebook okay
10: well, uh, the and page right now, in order to get on it, you must, uh, you must contact me on Facebook. Just friend me. Okay. And then I will invite you to that page. Um, but John, I just want to throw in one little plug for, yeah. uh, the fact that that Amen to Action, we're trying to get a million hours of volunteerism from, you know, the city, of the, from believers in the city of Pittsburgh, because believe, we believe that there's going to be an even greater um, demonstration of the church. And so uh, feel friendly, and I invite you to the page, and I will be, you know, keeping people aware of what's going on with that, uh, you know, with anything unity in the city of Pittsburgh.
4: Very nice. Tony, thanks an awful lot, Sister. God bless you.
10: All right. God bless
11: you, too. Good Thank to you. talk to
4: you. You as well. Tony Turner, that's T-O-N-I, Tony Turner on Facebook, T-U-R-N-E-R, Fender, and then be part of the Gracism Task Force. Take a break. Come back. we got lots more ahead. We're going to talk about Advent and prayer. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sans Kath today.
3: Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee,
12: small latte, please.
3: And then she saved a few lives.
1: Nurse, two units, o no negative.
3: One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to BloodScienceFoundation.org and made a financial donation.
12: There, done.
3: You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen.
12: Ooh, cake pops.
3: So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit BloodScienceFoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, Giving. From the heart.
2: The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management.
12: My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call.
2: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1 800 936 5496.
12: When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go.
2: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
12: What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt.
2: Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496.
3: How do you celebrate faith, family, and fun? How about on eight wheels? Word FM Skate Nights are coming to Neville Rollerdrome beginning Monday, December 3rd. Join host Kenny Woods every first Monday of the month and enjoy your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could even win a free skate night for your family. Admission is $7. Skate rental, just three more. Details at skatenrd.com. Word FM Skate Nights at Neville Rollerdrome at SkateNRD.com.
13: Just pay halfpittsburg.com. Is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals from Cinna Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at justpayhalfpittsburgh.com.
2: Dell's Cyber Week sale for small businesses on. Save big with massive deals on office essentials like
1: computers with 8th Gen Intel core processors. Dell's small business technology advisors can help you find the right tech at Cyber Week prices. Visit Dell.com SB Cyberweek or call 877 BY Dell.
13: Cloudy skies for tonight with intermittent light rain. We do have to watch for some icy spots with a low around 32 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy with a little bit of rain lingering for the morning hours, high 42. Cloudy with areas of fog developing tomorrow night, 37. Then for Saturday, we'll see some rain from late morning on, the high 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
4: Is it, uh, is it 30 degrees? Is that, is that the deal? We're, we're over 30 degrees? Oh, that is right, it's right now. It's 30 degrees. Fabulous. Th- there should be like a, um, an I Hate Winter club here. Wouldn't that be good? You, I would join that in a hot bait. I, what, Mike, would you be? be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd hate
7: th- <laughs> There would be a lot of people yeah. on, in that club. You know, the thing
4: is, I mean, I like winter. I really do. If Winter was like just two months long. That'd be fine. But if it's five months long... It's It's too much. Oh, it's way too much. (laughs) It's too much. You know, I mean, so, you know, what what are people going to do? They're going to, you know, make a Facebook page. I hate winter. Oh, there'd be a lot of followers. That's all it does. Thousands. I think the the panacea is if... (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to go... I used to deride the fact that people were snowbirds, but I I like the idea of being a snowbird. You know, I'd like to go away the day after Christmas and come back April 1st.
7: I've never done that.
4: Uh, I've done it... One, I just had a little winter vacation last year for the first time ever, which was only a week. It certainly helped.
7: I'm dying to do it. Yeah. Never done it? I'm dying to do it.
4: Someday in your life, you will. Someday, like. yeah. When you're like an old man sitting on the beach and you'll look back and go, Oh, I used to do that. I'm not back. waiting that long, John. Oh, no, you might. Absolutely
11: be. not. You might
9: have
4: to, Mike. You got kids. Next so. year would be nice. All right. That's fine. Anyway, the I Hate Winter Club is up and running. Yep. At, uh, no, it's not really. It's <laughs> WordFM.com. It's not. What is, oh, hey, what is up at WordFM.com? Our Timmy the Intern. Where in the World is Timmy the Intern contest? That takes uh, shape on Monday. We did this last year as well. Uh, our intern, our Earthwild uh, imaginary intern, Timmy. He's out and about all over the city of Pittsburgh. And you uh, identify the photograph. I think, does it appear on Facebook and Instagram? Yes. And then you keep track of where Timmy is Mm -hmm. at the end of the contest. I think it lasts about two and a half or three weeks. Keep a list of all the uh, different places Timmy's been out and about. The grand prize winner, what do you get?
7: Christmas ham, baby.
4: Oh, yeah. Not just any Christmas ham, but a spring house Christmas Mm. ham. That Smoked. big beauty. We've had that, Mike. Have you had one? So good. Oh, delish. So that takes uh, shape on Monday. Where in the world is the Christmas Timmy Intern Contest here on Word FM? Okay, enough of that, Tom Fullery. We'll take a little break, come back. We're going to pray in a few minutes. Uh, Dr. Gary Neal is with us. We're going to talk about Advent and a time to connect with God in a new and ancient way. Stay with us for that, please.
5: WORD.
1: The top five answers are on the board to this question. Name a common excuse or reason that people give for not believing the Bible.
2: That's Pastor James McDonald from Walk in the Word Radio.
1: I have my own source of truth.
2: To read more about his answer, download a free digital copy of God Wrote a Book. Pastor James clarifies the misconceptions that surround the infallibility, reliability, and historicity of the Bible. God Wrote a Book. Yours free
1: now when
2: you go to wordfm.com
1: slash
14: book, truth is timeless at the original mattress factory. Our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect. We educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side by side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at originalmattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
5: Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility
7: restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition.
3: When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system. Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies, with after-hour calls returned within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S at PellisHVAC.com. It's me,
8: the kid who's saying, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun for All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash Holiday Lights.
13: Justpayhalfpittsburgh.com is the best place to get great gifts for half price. Right now, get deals for cinna Roasted Almonds, Caliente Pizza and Draft House, Qdoba Mexican Grill, and many more. To have your business featured, send an email to customer service at justpayhalfpittsburgh.com.
3: If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and games. And attractions, including their new Holiday Lights Mini Golf. It's all for fun at Fun For All. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping.
4: Woo. Gary Neal Hansen is with us. Gary's a writer, a teacher. He also uh, is talking about Advent and uh, Lecto Divina. Gary, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, friend? Great
7: to be with you, John.
4: Yeah, pleasure. Okay, so Gary, uh, Advent has advent officially begun or does it officially begin on Sunday?
6: It officially begins on Sunday. It's the the four weeks the four, the four Sundays before Christmas.
4: Okay. So, I think like all good and well-meaning believers it's important that we would prepare ourselves naturally okay. for the coming of Christ the King, right? Well, I think sure. I don't want to wade through this season and just look at, you know, my cyber deals on Amazon. I want to have a deeper connection this season. So you've formed something and created a class that would allow people to do that.
6: Yeah, and I really appreciate that you giving me the chance to, to tell about it a little bit. I've put together a class. It's an online class that I offer through my website, which is Uh And it takes the four weeks of Advent and turns them into a time to practice a really a truly ancient Christian spiritual practice called Lectio Divina, or Divine Reading. It's a way of approaching Scripture that's sort of more prayerful than most typical Bible study. And it's a way of approaching prayer that's more closely connected to Scripture than most of our ordinary ways of
4: praying. Okay, so when you say ancient, uh, the roots lie where?
6: Well, the, I'm not actually sure when the very first mention of it under the name Lectio Divina was, but you find it as early as uh, the early 6th century, the 500s. Uh, Benedict of Nursia was the saint who's sort of the considered the patron saint of uh, Western monastic life. Um, in his his book about how to live in a monastery, how to run a monastery, he says that his his monks and nuns in a monastery should practice lectio divina every day. And basically, a, a, when you look at the timeline of the monastic day, it looks to me like about a two hour shift of lectio divina every day, and it gets it gets lengthened just about doubled during the season of Lent. I see. A serious engagement, yeah.
4: So, is it particularly just Bible reading? prayer or a combination of both with other sources?
6: Well, it, um, it, it in its classic form, I mean, there's, there are a number of things that are taught sort of in in Protestant and Catholic churches in the 21st century that still the travel with the name Lectio Divina, but the classic form of it is sort of a four-step prayerful engagement mm. with a particular biblical text. You take a short text of scripture and you start, he calls the first step reading, and by that he really means very serious study. Uh the second step is meditating. You said take that same text and you repeat it and chew on it and dwell with it and meditate on it. Then that leads you to understand what you need to be praying for. And so the third step is praying. Uh and then the that leads you to a stance of waiting and listening for God to answer your prayer. And that's the stage he calls contemplating. So it's a four-step process, but it's all closely tied with a particular biblical
4: passage. I see. So I can imagine people listening right now and thinking, hey, that sounds great, but uh, I don't have two hours a day to do this. Um, This is not necessarily a a two-hour exercise, is it?
6: No, it doesn't have to be, and I, since I'm I'm not a monk, and I'm assuming most of my readers aren't monks or none, uh we're looking for a 21st century uh, adaptation. So what I've put together in the class is uh, a, a process where people commit to 15 minutes a day. Oh, my goodness. Um, which I hope that's a manageable thing. I hope, I hope so, yeah. are already spending 15 minutes a day uh, talking to God, communing with God, and reading their scriptures. Um, but basically, you know, you can add this on to your current spiritual practice, or you can replace what you normally do with this, or if you don't have a spiritual practice, take it as an opportunity to get one started. But it's a 15-minute-a-day process that I lead, step-by-step, step, uh, learning those steps of
4: Lectio Divina. Very nice. com is the place you can go and uh, and look at this uh, n- a new initiative from Gary Neil So, Gary... Um, um- Talk about the nature of prayer in your own life. Um, uh, most people are not naturally born prayers, right? It's something that has to be acquired over time, like any sort of skill set. And prayer is a skill set, yes?
6: Sure. And I think it's really yeah, it's, it's, it's more than one skill. It's, it is a set, like you say. And I think that people are wise if they give themselves some patience uh, and find some good teachers Uh, Whether those are living teachers, like, say, your pastor or your grandmother or somebody that can guide you in the process, um, or whether it's, like, the kind of people that have been my guides, because I'm a church historian, uh, people who wrote books in centuries past and had great insights to give. You kind of need a mentor. You need at least one mentor to guide you in what the steps might look like. And then you have to be patient with yourself as you try to put those steps into practice. I see.
4: Gary Neil with us. Uh, he is the author of one of my favorite books of all time called kneeling with giants. So Gary, uh, talk about uh, kneeling with giants, because in that you take, of course, some of the prayer giants and sort of forge a path, which essentially is become your ministry in many ways.
6: In many ways. Yeah, it's, Well, what I I look at is ten different teachers, and uh, there are lots of different ways of praying that Christians practice that Don't get included in my book, I don't sort of claim to cover every possibility, but each of the ten chapters is a way of prayer that's distinctly different from each of the others. uh, And it's taught in, uh, in a specific way in some major branch of the Christian faith, ideally usually by some major teacher, like somebody as major as Martin Luther or John Calvin or Benedict that I was mentioning before. Um, And it's it's very practical. The intent is to be practical. Look at what these people said about how you go about praying. Um, A lot of what gets written and published on prayer is much more trying to answer our puzzling questions about prayer. You know, we say, why do we need to pray if God loves us and is all-powerful, and, you know, isn't God going to do the right thing anyway? Um, I don't try to solve the puzzles. I think that you learn to pray by praying, and if you dive into any one of these ten ways of praying, um, and and really invest yourself in it, some of those questions are going to melt away because you're connecting with God, and that's really what matters. Yeah.
4: Well, what about uh, this? All, this comes up often, I think, when people talk about prayer. About uh, I don't know what you what, what do you when you pray uh, without uh, a book in front of you? Would you call that a free form prayer? Is that such a thing? Free form.
6: Well, yeah, I think if you're using your own words. I mean, the, the, the traditional word. For yes. That extemporaneous prayer. But that's
4: extemporaneous. A kind of, Thank uh,
6: you. Four-bit word right there. No, that's, that's a, a bit, good... pre-form works, you know.
4: Um, so extemporaneous versus... Um, Wrote prayer or prayer, I because mean, a lot of people kind of go, well, if I read from a prayer book, I, I think that's kind of cheating, that I don't want to have somebody's words in my mouth. But t- to me, I kind of feel the opposite. I- I'm hungry for those other words. I need those as a tool to sharpen my own mind and to, in some ways, not as a shortcut, but I just think there's a little more heft there because greater minds and deeper prayers have gone before me.
6: Right, I think well I think that's a good insight, you know, and you know there's a there's a sense that we have I think particularly in in American Protestantism, especially evangelical Protestantism, where we just feel like it's fake if it's not my own words. Yeah. And yet we go to church, you know, and we sing hymns and we sing praise songs and those hymns and praise songs are other people's words. And they're prayers, right? We don't mind at all if we're in worship and we're singing. Well, the same thing can happen in your own prayer life. Now, it can be, there are forms of prayer that you're using a book of prayers, and there are forms of prayer where you're using one short prayer repetitively. Uh, But in either case, I think the helpful thing is, I come to prayer acknowledging, God, I'm broken. I don't know the right thing to pray. Help me to pray in a way that will help me connect with you and will form my heart to your heart. Well, then I can listen to the Psalms or or a book like the Book of Common Prayer or other books of prayers, and I can join with the voices of other Christians of ages past and have a sense that these are good and holy words, these are good prayers, these are better prayers than I would come up with on my own. And then... Once I've dwelt with them, then I then I can run, and my own prayers will be better because I've 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 been shaped by by something like the Psalms, which is forming my st- prayers to Scripture itself.
4: Fabulous, very good. Okay, so Gary, before you leave us, uh, just highlight once again what you're doing, and um, as part of what this uh, the Advent Prayer is, uh, you're going to have a class. Talk about that, and then we're going to give a little bonus to to one listener.
11: Sure. Yeah,
6: the the Lectio Divina class, it goes for the four weeks of Advent, actually, because because the fourth Sunday of Advent comes right on the cusp of uh, Christmas Eve. I'm starting it a little bit, or people can get started in the class a little bit early. Um, but we, I'm looking, each, each week is focused on one of the steps of Lectio Divina, so you really dive deep with that step. And then each week is focused on one of the four great poetic songs from Luke 1 and 2. You know, there's the song that Gabriel sings to Mary, and there's the song uh, that, that Zechariah sings, and there's the song that Mary sings, and there's the song of Simeon. These are some of the most beautiful songs, uh, beautiful biblical texts about the coming of Christ and so you spend a week in each of those, and I think that's a great way to get your heart ready for Christmas, uh, which is much more exciting than doing your shopping and going to the office.
4: <laughs> that's good. That's an excellent deep dive, a really way to soften your heart and to look ahead as Christ enters into the world once again. Okay, so go to Gary GaryNeoHansen, that's H-A-N-S-E-N.com. You'll see the ElectroDivina class info at the top uh, of the page, mostly in the center of the page. It's really kind of hard it has a to top miss. Menu. Yeah, the, the uh, pop-down menu. Thank you, Gary. So GaryNeilHanson.com. Hey, Gary, thanks an awful lot.
9: Thank you for having
4: me. My great pleasure. Listen, uh, if you go to GaryNealHanson.com, um, the first person who emails me, John Hall at WordFM.com, will give you free admission to Gary NealHanson's Electro Divino class, okay? Uh, free admission, first person to say, uh, Gary NealHanson on an email to me at John Hall at WordFM.com. Be happy to do that for you, okay? Yeah. So pray. Let's all pray together here, this especially holy time, as we lean forward at the beginning of this Advent season
14: you're a good mom you've tried every parenting tip in the book but nothing seems to stick your child is smart but just can't sit still and focus or maybe you know that something is just off if your child just can't do things you think he should be able to there is a reason brain balance can help For over 10 years, the Brain Balance Program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you.
12: A trip to Fun for All Family Fun Park always has our family liking.
8: Now that they've decked their 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf and holiday lights, they got us all thinking.
14: Everything is cool at Christmas time. for all's
15: holiday lights mini golf runs from November sixteenth to January second, with a portion of the proceeds benefiting Highmark's caring place.
8: For more information, visit fun4all.com backslash holiday lights and experience the holiday tradition that'll have you singing. Joy
11: to the world, the Lord is come.
5: Here at the original mattress factory, we'd like to know: is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight.
1: With the holidays just around the corner, it's time for a sale here at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin. On behalf of my friends at Calusi Chevrolet, this month... Current GM lessees can save over $12,300 on select 2018 Silverado All-Star pickups in stock when financed through GM Financial. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet. They've been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. Plus, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads.
4: Thinking about that last conversation with Gary Neal Hansen, where and when is your favorite time to pray do you have a particular time every morning <laughs> it's a little insight here uh, every morning when I wake up I'm always the second one to wake up my wife gets up well before I do she's much more disciplined in her uh, early morning routine. I come downstairs she's sitting in her favorite chair she's got her Bible open she's crossing you know she's doing she's in she's in her studies that's her time. that is not my time. Um, I, I tend to do this late morning when I can have 15 minutes of my own free time. And I often do it um, if I'm home um, in a little office that I have sitting very uh, quietly. But what I found more recently, and I, this is, I think this is legit for me, it's legit, is that I pray while I'm driving. Um, remember Don Matzit? Don Matzit here years ago. I love Don. Uh, he... he uh, had this chair for a few years. And Don used to say, you reveal your true personality while driving. And I I think that's really true. I mean, you see the aggressiveness or the passivity. To counteract any sort of um, aggressive driving that I would have, I've I've learned over the years to, to pray within that. It's really helped me as a driver to become more patient and a little more kind and forgiving of... Everybody else out there that I'm trying to avoid. I don't know. Um, Praise your drive? Maybe that's a new bumper sticker. Sharing the word
5: that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. A service of Salem Media Group.
8: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Michael Cohen, President Trump's former lawyer, has pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about work he did on the Trump real estate project in Russia. Cohen made a surprise appearance Thursday in a New York courtroom to enter the plea. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch, however, tells Salem Radio News he believes there is still no provable charges of collusion with the Russians. In many
16: ways, the Mueller special counsel operations, like a self licking ice cream cone, there's no charges by... Mueller's or his team of anyone in America for colluding with the Russians, but there are charges related to lying to his investigation. And that's not to suggest that that's appropriate, but let's be clear here. Uh, No one's been charged uh, with uh, colluding with the Russians on the Trump campaign, nor uh, does this plea agreement go to that.
8: Cohen has been cooperating with Mueller's probe. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 27 points, the Nasdaq dropped 19. This is SRN News.
2: The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Colusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Are you a
0: stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately? Hi, my name is Scott Bauer, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, and I'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in America. I'm a former vice president at Goldman Sachs. I have over 25 years of options trading experience, and right now I'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that I use every day. For free, you can't buy this guide anywhere. To claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855 892 2307. Prosper with options.
13: Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
3: Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call select quote life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call
2: 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not
4: available in all states. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at extremetruck.net.
3: Come Dasher, Dancer, you too, Prancer and Vixen. Word FM is giving away Christmas and we're off to Pittsburgh with a pre-holiday special delivery for all their fans. Every day, December 3rd, through 18th, good little boys and girls can enter their fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com for a chance at great prizes like these $100 gift cards to major retailers and more. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Visit wordfm.com slash contest to enter
13: cloudy skies for tonight with intermittent light rain we do have to watch for some icy spots with a low around 32 degrees tomorrow cloudy with a little bit of rain lingering for the morning hours high 42 cloudy with areas of fog developing tomorrow night 37 then for saturday we'll see some rain from late morning on the high 48 degrees I'm mackie weather meteorologist danielle niddle on 101.5 word fm
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall
4: and Kathy Emmons. It was the uh, Safety and Security Conference today. It was held at uh, Christ Church at Grove Farm. I heard it was very well attended, a lot of great insight and some uh, practical knowledge and tools to use for your church and the safety and security of your congregation, so kudos. However, when the station is involved in such an endeavor... I like it because even though I'm busy and new Mike's busy and Kath is busy and we're preparing for the show, we get the little um, pirate booty that comes our way after the fact. So Mike's opening up a, a pickle there. Back in the, in the Word FM kitchen right now, there's like trays of, oh, yeah, there's trays of uh, potato chips and chocolate chip cookies and donuts and uh, uh, you name it. There's all kind of stuff, apples and oranges. One of the weird things that's, that, that has appeared in the kitchen is a, <laughs> this is weird, this is 21st century America, an individually wrapped Jason's Deli Pickle. I mean, it's so it's a it's a pickle, it's a dill pickle that's cut in half. Someone has put it in a you know vacuum-packed sealed bag with a little pickle juice, and it says Jason's dot com. Whose job is that? I mean, that's you wake up in the morning and you 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 go and make vacuum-packed pickles. What do we think of? It? I love that. I mean, okay, <laughs> what a what what a world we live in, now, right? It's fabulous. Anyway, uh, kudos to. Um, to the uh, safety and security people for uh, providing some wisdom and some insight Uh, i I gotta be honest um, i'm feeling good about it because i went back there and i thought oh look at that there's a nice chocolate chip cookie those are good they look really good but instead i'm having an orange and i'm trying to be good about that as well Um, my wife and uh, kids were out last night There, there was nobody at the house when i got home so you know what i have for dinner a bag of chips that's it that's it Bag of chips. I, I mean, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like a single serving chip bag. It was a you, bag.
7: eat the whole entire thing. Pretty
4: much. Pretty much. Oh pretty much.
7: A, so you're eating an orange today.
4: Right, in but. response, because I'm clogged up
11: there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've had it. No, my wife came home and she was like, What'd you make for dinner? And, I, you know, like three hours later, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I don't feel too good. I just ate a family sized <laughs> bag of Lay's potatoes. She said, You're disgusting. You better go to bed. And I did. And I lay in bed for like two hours, going, "That's not good." Anyway, do you want to cook for yourself? Really? Like, a, I don't really want to cook for one person. You know what I'm saying? When you're alone, Mike, when do you want to make a meal?
7: No, not really. I mean, if there, if there's like a TV dinner or something inside the freezer, then I'll pop that in the microwave. And yeah. Make it. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna b- like bust out meal. the pop uh, pots and pans and no. get out the herbs and spices and. Whip up a filet mignon no, or something. No. Yeah. I guess
4: that's the that's because the rise of such a thing. So you know the single serving, you know the meals of with well, a TV dinner. What's my kids? Oh, he's he's eating the devours. Right? Have we
7: become lazy? I think we've become lazy.
4: Well, we're just looking for convenience. That's all. And whether that's lazy, that's probably yeah. convenience might convenience just be another laziness. word for laziness, yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, look, if you would spend, you know, you would spend an hour, hours perhaps making the, the contents of that TV dinner. Yeah. I mean, it's not really healthy. It's not very healthy.
7: But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: like,
7: like, like every unhealthy thing that right. there is.
4: That's the reasoning. It's not really that healthy, but it sure is good. Tis the season. Mm hmm. I mean, it'd be nice uh, How about? Have you ever done the um, the uh, delivery, like a wheel deliver, or what's what's the what's the other place that there? You know, what's the other name for the the where they deliver? You know, you call the restaurant of your choice, and then the delivery guy shows up with like so you could order a salad to oh, go,
7: like, like Olive Garden now they they deliver now. exactly yes right.
4: Yeah. So you could order a soup and salad from Olive Garden.
7: Definitely do that. Yeah,
4: is that? I think that's got to be pricey. I mean, I don't know what the price is, but it just feels pricey. Just I'm even sure saying get them nice. Well, yeah, and tip them no, this is, I'm sure there's got to be a delivery charge on top oh, of that. Of course. I mean, someone's not going to deliver your croutons for right. free, right? <laughs> got to pay a price for the croutons to be out there. Anyway, I'm just saying. Um, uh, take a break. Come back. Maxwell King is with us in a few minutes. You know, we're spoiled here in the city of Pittsburgh because um, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, ha- has been experiencing something, I would say, of a... Um, A cultural reawakening or a cultural renaissance long after Fred has passed away, the rest of the country is sort of catching up to what we've known in Pittsburgh for a long time. That Fred Rogers was the same. He was the real deal, the kind, gentle, uh, just loving man of wisdom, the Presbyterian ordained pastor who Equipped and energized and taught children for decades on public television here locally at WQED and then was beamed across the country and then internationally. Fred Rogers is to be recognized as a good and kindly man. And uh, the recent documentary that was in theaters and now for the first time ever, the first ever biography of Fred Rogers called The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers by Maxwell King. He'll join us in just a few minutes. So stay with us, please. 101.5
2: WORD.
3: Your station for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.
2: If you want to experience unity and peace in life, you need to be asking these questions about everything you do in your home and in your workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. The question is, how will that impact the name of Jesus? How will that bless the kingdom of God?
7: Be challenged this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.
3: Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD.
7: We wish you a
15: Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Hi, this is Marsha from the Spring House, and we really do wish you a Merry Christmas. And to keep your Christmas season merry, I suggest you give the Spring House a call to take care of all your homemade goodies. We do beautiful Christmas cookie trays featuring family recipe, orange drop cookies, lady locks, cherry cheesecake cups, pecan tassies, and lots more. Our fresh fruit trays and smoked salmon trays kick off a celebration beautifully. Our Heath Bar cheesecake or filled chocolate log finish it off nicely. And for the in-between, how about our own hickory smoked hams or fresh turkeys or capons? Mmm, good old-fashioned eating. Are you hungry yet? Give us a call, 724-228-3339 at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And then give us a call and place your order today.
7: Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition.
3: When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system. Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls returned within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S at PellisHVAC.com.
1: With the holidays just around the corner, it's time for a sale here at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is John Shilkin. On behalf of my friends at Calusi Chevrolet, this month lease an Equinox LS for just $185 a month with $19.99 due at signing plus taxes and fees. This is a low mileage lease example, must qualify. You can buy with confidence at Calusi Chevrolet. They've been serving Pittsburgh since 1918. Plus, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com.
3: Chevrolet. Find new roads. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone and your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area family since 2005 in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. It's a Christmas Fall morning, time for your daily
7: pumpkin soy latte. As you wait for your coffee, you get a buzz. No, it's not your boss wanting extra whipped cream, but your ADT video doorbell. It's a package. Your new latte machine. No more $5 PSLs. Barista service. Brought to you by ADT. Designing and installing a smart home just for you. Backed by best-in-class 24-7 protection. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, real protection. License information available at ADT.com.
4: Spoiled here in the city of Pittsburgh in that we have known and loved Mr. Rogers for many, many decades. And and it seems fun and um, a little surprising, quite honestly, that Fred Rogers has. Exploded into sort of a a second life, almost more than a decade after his passing. There's been a a recent documentary film about Fred Rogers, which was excellent. Uh, Tom Hanks, of course, uh, uh, famously celebrated here in the city of Pittsburgh. He's uh, starring as Fred Rogers in a film that will be released next year. And now, for the first time ever, there's a brand new biography of Fred Rogers called "The Good Neighbor: The Life and Works of Fred Rogers" by Maxwell King. Maxwell King is the CEO of the Pittsburgh Foundation, and after a career in journalism, including eight years as the editor of the Pittsburgh Inquirer, Maxwell King served as president of the Pittsburgh-based Heinz Endowment for nearly a decade. but uh, uh, Maxwell, welcome to the show.
17: Good to be with you, John. Thank
4: you. My pleasure. So, Max, um, after your time is over uh, with the uh, the Pittsburgh Foundation, you were sort of looking at post-retirement, wondering how you were going to use your time, and someone suggested you look at the, the Fred Rogers Foundation.
17: Yeah, what, what happened was I was uh, finishing up uh, two jobs. I was chairman of the board of the National Council on Foundations. I was president of the Heinz Endowments. Both jobs were ending in May of 2008, and I was feeling almost a little panic-stricken about what would I do? I'm sure. What would I put my energies into? And Douglas Nowicki, who is the chancellor of St. Vincent College, uh, where the Fred Rogers Center for Early Learning and Children's Media is located, uh, I ran into him actually at a cocktail party at Teresa Hines' farm right outside Pittsburgh. And I was talking to him, and he said, well, why don't you come out and help us get the Rogers Center going? They had just completed the building, and they were in the market for someone who could help raise money, and I I'd see. been in the foundation world for a while, and start programs. So um, I did do that. I did that for a couple of years. But in the course of doing it, I discovered there's no biography of Fred Rogers, and I went to... Uh, to uh, Douglas Nowicki and Joanne Rogers, Fred's widow, and said, if we're going to raise money in the at the level that you're hoping and advance Fred's legacy, which is very important to do, we need a biography. Why has there never been a biography? And they explained to me that Fred was adamant that he didn't want a biography. And uh, so I said, well, With all due respect, Fred's gone. We've got this challenge, and we need it. I had a couple of meetings with Joanne, and finally she said, okay, I agree. You're right. Why don't you do it? And uh, I'd been a journalist for many years, had written a lot of um, news articles, editorials, magazine articles, but I'd never written a book like this. It's a big difference. So I was kind of naive about (laughs) what it would take. (laughs) But I said yes, and I'm so glad I did because – well, I'm glad that I got the book done because I think it's helpful in advancing Fred's legacy. But I'm really glad that I spent seven years with f- – Fred was gone. He was deceased. But in doing the research, I felt as if I spent f- seven years with Fred Rogers. Nice, And it was – uh, of great benefit. That's a good company to be in, isn't it? Yes, absolutely was. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah.
4: So, you know, like I said, uh, as, as the uh, part of the introduction, we think we know Fred Rogers here in the city because, of course, this is his hometown and WQED on Fifth Avenue, the uh, home studios. We've seen Fred. I mean, I would see Fred walking in Squirrel Hill on Forbes or Murray right. and everyone felt a, a connection to that. Yeah but when you deep dive into someone's life you uncover really wonderful fascinating stories about the man and quite honestly what i was most excited about was and i think this is the question that everybody wants to know uh, about any public figure is that person the same in private life as he appears on the public stage and i think the answer that you the the, the question that you answer so well in the good neighbor is that fred was
17: yes the same person very much the same person. I think what made Fred successful in television, particularly children's television, was that he was so genuine. He was authentic. He was real. And so when you met him, and I met him only twice uh, in person, <coughs> excuse me, but when you met him in, uh, and talked to him, he was very much the same as he was on television. But what you might miss, and I did miss until I researched his life, was he He was not the very simple, sweet, avuncular figure that he appeared to be. He was a very complex and very deep philosophical person who thought a lot about life, how it should be lived um, and he you know he was a Presbyterian minister he was raised in the Presbyterian Church and he was um deeply Christian throughout his life, but he was interested in other religions, other philosophies. He was interested in learning about philosophies and about life going all the way back to Confucius and Lao Tzu. And so it was the depth of the man yes. that I don't think everybody really knew about. People who had uh, seen him on television and then met him, seen him for a brief period of time, didn't, weren't exposed to, to the tremendous uh, depth of of him and, and his character – you know, it's a, a really, really strong character. Well, I think that's true. That's a great point, that when you bring up, when
4: someone is a master of their craft and you see, you know, someone, Herbie Hancock playing the guitar or whomever, yeah. right, well, that looks so easy. But of course, the skill set behind that, all those years of creation, and of course, Fred's education, uh, the training uh, in psychology and in child psychology, yes. all that yeah. infused that
17: conversation and how he presented himself to children. Yeah, I think he made it look very simple. Yes. on television, and and you could watch uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, which I did a little bit with my children, but then of course watched many of those shows later in researching the book, and you could think how simple it seemed. It was not simple, and it was it was first of all it was it was very uh, thoughtful television. He he dug into all of the most pressing issues of life and did it for little children, divorce. Death, uh, violence. He explored all these things in very sophisticated television for little children. But it was also made more complicated by the fact that he had very strong, serious goals to be an educator, not just to be a television figure entertaining children, f- but for it to have very strong educational value. And so that made all of the script writing, all of the production that much more complex. I think
4: what's fascinating about Fred in so many different areas is that, you know, Fred really sort of came into into blossom. Late 50s, 60s here in western Pennsylvania, and you think about the city at that time, it was anything but kind and gentle. I mean, it was a steel worker's town. It was a rough and tumble town. And and so, Fred, that personality of kind and gentle was out of the norm from the get-go. But still, the people who engaged Fred and were able to hire Fred and let him do his work, they saw that spark in him
17: and allowed that to flourish. Well, you're right that it was a rough and tumble town, and it's still a town that has plenty of edge to it, sure. and, and it's uh, th- there's uh, kind of a strong, uh, working class, uh, tough aspect to it. But I do think Fred's very much a product of Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania, and his genuine, very authentic, caring character— Really does reflect the community very much i the community which you know i I think i 've lived and worked now in eight different american cities wow. and i I worked for a while in Pittsburgh. My wife and I left, and then we came back in part because we we missed it, but it has a very distinctive character uh, it 's not pretentious it's it 's very direct and honest and truthful, yes, and very authentic, like Fred and it 's very caring also, so I think in that way. Fred reflects his community, and the community reflects Fred.
4: Hey, if you just joined us, Maxwell King is with us. He's the author of a brand-new biography of Fred Rogers called The Good Neighbor, The Life and Works of Fred Rogers. So uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, I- I'm really interested in Fred Rogers as the child because it was this this life of um, – almost genteel uh, upbringing where he was the, the richest kid in, um, in, in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is sort of indicative of a western Pennsylvania town. It was a, a town of industry. But there was Fred born sort of um, gentle and a- almost fragile in a way. His mother protected him. And because of that protection and the wealth, he was able to engage in music and puppetry and a skill set that was unusual for the place and time.
17: Very much so, and it 's interesting that he came from a wealthy family in latrobe the uh, His family uh, was involved in several in- industries in Latrobe, and they were good investors. They had a lot of good investments, so the family had wealth nonetheless. Fred had a very tough childhood he was shy, he was introverted, he was sickly. He was a little overprotected by his mother, although his mother was just a wonderful, wonderful, I think, almost saintly person. She was so caring, not only with him, but with everybody in the community.
4: Her generosity.
17: Wonderfully generous with her own time as a volunteer, but with money, with the family's money, helping anybody who had a problem in in La Trobe. But – uh, she was overly protective of Fred, and I think that contributed to the his struggle in in his in his childhood.
4: I see, but that
17: struggle, of course, like a diamond under pressure, it bears fruit in the end. Absolutely, I think it was that struggle. First of all, it it, it created Fred's lifelong interest in children and helping children, but it also created a tremendously strong sensitivity and strong sense of empathy on the part of Fred. So he had this Christian training in church, uh, going to church with his parents who were very religious, devout Presbyterians. But he put it together uh, with a a very empathetic – Character that was sort of forged in this difficult child fabulous.
4: Hey, tell the story. So early on Fred Rogers had developed a, a love of the piano and of course he, he came from wealth. His grandmother said, I'd like to buy you a piano. Yeah. So Fred Rogers went downtown. Tell that story.
17: Yeah. His Fred, at, at age three, I think, had a little, almost like a toy piano. And he had a great talent. He could hear a song and play it on the piano. He loved music. It was, it was a great solace to him. But it was clear he had talent. And when he was about nine or ten years old, he shared with his grandmother that he wanted to get a real piano. And his grandmother, who was a wealthy woman, said, okay. I mean, she was thinking to herself, He's nine years old. What's a real piano going to cost me? <laughs> right. Well, maybe $1,000 or something like that or, or $400 or $500. And so she gave him a ticket on the trolley to ride from Squirrel Hill where she lived downtown to Liberty Avenue to go to the Steinway store. As, which, a, as a kid by himself. By himself. You know, back then, kids, kids. did that. Right, we did that. They did They. they there wasn't the worry about a kid being on their own, right? So, so, so he the st- rode the trolley down to the store. <coughs> excuse me, and uh, and he spent three hours there playing every piano there. And then he announced to the salespeople at the store, "I've decided which one I'm going to tell my grand grandma to 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 get me." And it was a, a Steinway, ebonized concert grand that would be worth today maybe sixty thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! And the the salesman I I learned from uh, a woman who was running the store, who had talked to the salesman who had who had who some of the salesmen who had worked there for many years that she had met, and they told her the story about how they practically fell over laughing, and when they left, they said wasn't that funny this silly little kid in here? Well, he went home to his grandmother and he told her, and his grandmother said to herself, I promised him I'd get him the piano he wanted. I know he's very talented. It's an outrageous amount of money. I'm not remembering the exact amount in the 1930-something dollars. But she did it. She bought it for him. Well, Fred Rogers had that for the rest of his life. He took it to New York. He took it to Toronto. He brought it back here. He took it to the studios at WQED. He wrote 200 songs on it. He wrote 12 operas on it. It was transformative. But she had the sense, first of all, to fulfill her promise. But secondly, to know, yes, this is an outrageous amount of money to spend, but maybe it'll be important. And it was more than important. It was transformative.
4: Oh, that's incredible. So he rose to the occasion. Or yeah. He, right there it was. What they a both gift. did. Yeah, they yeah. both
17: rose to the occasion.
4: Excellent story. Maxwell King, the good neighbor, the life and work of Fred Rogers. We'll take a quick break, come back, and Maxwell's going to stay with us as well. So we're going to talk about Fred Rogers until the top of the hour. Back in a few.
8: Is your website everything you want it to be? I'm David Pinar, Web and Design Manager of Word FM Digital Services, where we put the power of the web back in your hands. Through your brand-new custom design website, our goal is to create a web presence that's easy for you to navigate, change, update, and manage so it moves your brand forward for 25 to 50% less than other companies. Call 412-937-1500 for a free review, and let's make the web work for you. 412-937-1500.
9: Send wishes of joy and love to those on your mind and heart this season with free online cards at CrossCards.com. It only takes a minute to personalize and send a CrossCards.com e-card that will brighten the holiday season for family and friends. From scripture-inspired cards to heartfelt messages, even party invitations, CrossCards.com makes it easy to let others know you're thinking about them this Christmas. Celebrate the most wonderful time of the year with free cards at CrossCards.com. Okay, so here it
4: is. We are starting off with the Christmas season. And for all the people out there who think, you know, I want to give something really beautiful this year, something special, something unique, might I suggest you stop by Trinity Jewelers because that's exactly what they're all about. Handcrafted, one-of-a-kind pieces, nothing like the large jewelry stores where it's all cookie cutter by the thousands. Mark Helgerman is here from Trinity Jewelers. Hey, Mark, how are things today?
11: That's
16: wonderful, John. How are you doing?
4: Good. I can't complain at all, Mark. I'm always excited <laughs> when you join us because w- what I love about you is that craftsmanship that you've instilled in the work and all the things that are produced at Trinity. So-, so tell us about that. What's going on now?
16: Well, you know, our family history wasn't actually creating jewelry. And now with Trinity, we've been, for almost 20 years now, been bringing it to the public. But, you know, one of the beautiful things is we get to use forever Mark diamonds in our collections, and the tribute collection is one of the ones that we're presenting for this Christmas, and it's, you know, Forever Mark Diamonds, each one's actually inscribed individually, so it's very unique and rare and, and just as special as, as that woman in you know, somebody's life is, and uh, we love using those diamonds because they're so beautiful and show off our designs so incredibly.
4: Really? So this is a, is this a, a trademark thing, the Forever Mark Diamond?
16: This is a partnership directly with the beer, so we actually get the most beautiful rough to cut you know these diamonds from and if they qualify to be forever mark they believe it or not they're actually inscribed right on the table of the diamond but really? it's like to be technical it's one five thousandth the thickness of a hair. So with the naked eye you can't see it but it's incredible
4: no kidding so if you had a ring or some piece of jewelry with that forever mark diamond a jeweler could pull up and look at one with one of the eyepieces and see that and know exactly what that is there's a dna part of this
16: Exactly, and it tells you know it tells her and tells the jeweler and everybody. It just marks that diamond for you forever. Fabulous.
4: So, Mark, um, again, the unique things that you produce. I mean, in the basement, you have the craftsmen there every day. Is there still time for unique things to be made? That one of a kind piece? If someone would come into the Trinity,
16: we're getting pretty tight now. But you know. Maybe within the next day or two if somebody comes in, but it's really getting tight to do that special. I mean, our our custom board is, we were just laughing, is maxed out. It's incredible how many beautiful designs are going to be for this Christmas. But not to fear, we've been making beautiful custom designs for months now, preparing for Christmas. So the showcases are full. So now would be a good time to come in because you could even lay it away. But. Now you get the best selection.
4: Uh, Outstanding. Well, Mark, thanks an awful lot. Trinity Jewelers, don't waste time. That one-of-a-kind thing for that special person that you love the most in your life, Trinity Jewelers Online. Wonderful time of the year, and with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried MyPillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's Holiday 4-Pack Special. Just call 1-800-961-9207, mention promo code WORD, and get two MyPillows plus two Go Anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today.
13: cloudy skies for tonight with intermittent light rain we do have to watch for some icy spots with a low around 32 degrees tomorrow cloudy with a little bit of rain lingering for the morning hours high 42 cloudy with areas of fog developing tomorrow night 37 then for saturday we'll see some rain from late morning on the high 48 degrees I'm mackie weather meteorologist Danielle daniel on 101.5 word fm
9: this is what i give I give an expression of care every day to each child, to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day, by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are.
4: Of course, that's Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers to all of us here in Western Pennsylvania. Maxwell King is with us. He's got a brand new biography, the only biography of Fred Rogers called The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers. Maxwell, um, that little clip coming in reminds me of a story that you tell so well in the book about Fred Rogers. And um, right before Oprah Winfrey became Oprah Winfrey National, Fred was invited to the Chicago studios where Oprah Winfrey was doing a regional show. And uh, you tell the story so well that Fred was invited to the show and insisted that no children would be anywhere near the studio audience.
17: Can you pick that up? Yeah, and of course it wasn't that he didn't want children to be there, but what he didn't want was to have an audience that was half children and half grown-ups. Because he felt it was almost impossible to talk to children and talk to grown-ups. If he, if, he, if he gave a talk or answered questions in a way that was framed for grown-ups, the children would be completely left out. Right. Or who is and, this guy now? Yeah. And w- what he did was he, he told David Newell, who not only played Mr. McFeely on The Neighborhood, but was the uh, marketing and public relations person for Family Communications, Fred's production company – told David Newell to remind them that it should be an audience of either grown ups or children, uh, and he expected uh, grown ups somehow it didn 't get communicated, and you know the, whatever producers were putting it together for oprah Winfrey didn 't get the word so it was an audience that was that was mixed with children and so Fred went to the children and so he he gravitated to the level of the children and and talk to them, and 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 it was very hard for Oprah to keep it on track as a program for adults. I'm sure. And the parents were all there, but the children spontaneously sort of ran up to Fred Rogers. They knew Mr. Rogers from television, and – Fred was just constitutionally incapable of turning his back on a child. (laughs) So it
4: changed the tone of the conversation totally, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So what about that? I mean, you know, now, of course, you know, we're steeped in the culture and we look at children so totally different than, you know, perhaps our parents or grandparents did, right? Right. But Fred was sort of the pioneer. And with that pioneer work, he had other child psychologists and most notably a, a, a child psychologist at the University of Pittsburgh who really helped
17: Fred form that idea. Absolutely. One of the wonderful things that happened to Fred Rogers, he, in the 1950s, he was making The Children's Corner, a precursor to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood on WQED, and it was very successful. It won some national awards. NBC picked it up for a while. It was a very successful program, but it was very frustrating for Fred because it wasn't really educational. It didn't have a strong educational component. So he was beginning to wind down his engagement with that program and he was going to the the um seminary to the Western Pennsylvania Presbyterian Seminary here in Pittsburgh because he wanted to become a Presbyterian minister. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I've got allergies so I keep coughing but you'll forget no me. You're I know. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and um one of his teachers said to him, Fred, when you graduate from the seminary, what sort of ministry are you thinking of? Meaning, what church would you go to? And oh, sure. Fred, Fred said, uh, I want to have a ministry for children on television. And the teacher said, well, good luck. There's nothing like that. What that's year was that? What do you think? Oh, that was in
4: the 1950s. So television really was not even television.
17: No, and it, and it was just completely… The only person thinking that way was was Fred Rogers, but the teacher was very helpful and said to him, Fred, if you're interested in children, go over to the University of Pittsburgh where Dr. Margaret McFarland is teaching, and he did, and he studied there, and at that time, Pitt was the center in the United States of the most advanced thinking about early childhood education. So Fred was there with Dr. Benjamin Spock, Eric Erickson, the great philosopher and writer, uh, uh, Dr. Barry Bra They were all there. And Fred had the luck to be dropped into the middle of it. So that's what gave him the means, the capability to do really great educational television. Oh, and right. Margaret McFarland stuck with him till she died in the late 1980s, helping review scripts. And, and, and so he really created – television that was a fulfillment of this advanced thinking about early childhood education and what he did for these academics was he took the message to a mass audience via television he really taught america about early childhood education
4: wow that's fabulous time yeah. so uh, the, the story also uh, one of the stories you tell in the good neighbor is that during the filming of one of the episodes, or I'm sure multiple episodes, Fred would run into some sort of conundrum and go, I'm not quite sure about this, and
17: I'm thinking things through. Yeah. He would essentially shut down production exactly. and go to, go to pit. Exactly, which was very expensive, because the crew was on the clock. They're just hanging and his, out. His producers and, and, and the people who managed uh, the business affairs were distressed. But what happened, to Fred had a script very carefully written, and he had others that he collaborated with on scripts. He vetted it with Dr. Margaret McFarland, but then when they were actually doing it, and you know this, John, from your own experience, you have in your mind how things are going to go in a program, and then when you're doing it, it's not quite the same. It's different. So in the the middle of the program, something would feel wrong to Fred in terms of how it would be for a three or a four-year-old, and a lot of other people might have just Missed it or ignored it or just plowed ahead. Yes. But he wouldn't do it because he wanted to set the highest standards. And he would shut things down, leave the crew on the set and rush over to Pitt and talk to McFarland or other academics to make sure that it was perfect. And that was that was one of the characteristics of Fred Rogers. He was a perfectionist. Yeah, go into that because, like like you said,
4: a lot of people had just gone. Uh, it's okay. It's leave well enough alone. But there was something about Fred that he had this level of excellence. He wanted to make sure that the message was communicated
17: so well to the intended audience, which was a three, four, five year old. Because he felt that it was the most important thing in the world. That the you know what Fred learned in his time at Pitt was. Those years from birth to age three are the most critical years in terms of um, the the development of the brain, the development of all kinds of intellectual c- capabilities, language development. And he knew it had to be at a very high standard to be effective. And <coughs> that was part of his character. Uh, you know, the people who worked with him loved him and believed in him and felt that he gave them a lot of latitude to express themselves. But they knew he was a perfectionist. He had a he had a, a a vision of excellence. And he was gonna hold to that vision of excellence.
4: Wonderful. So collaboration is good, but there's always that lead person who has the vision.
17: Yeah, one one of the producers, Margie Whitmer, once said it's not our neighborhood.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Rogers' it's neighborhood. It's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Very good. We'll take a quick break. Maxwell King is with us. We're talking about the good neighbor, the life and work of Fred Rogers. Our conversation continues in just a few.
3: Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. <laughs> Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee.
12: Small latte, please.
3: And then she saved a few lives.
1: Nurse, two units, no
3: One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. Yeah. All because Jen logged on to BloodScienceFoundation.org and made a financial donation.
12: There, done.
3: You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you. And Jen.
14: Ooh, cake pops.
3: So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit BloodScienceFoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving
2: That surroundpittsburgh.com, dot com, connecting you
3: with new customers. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone and your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005 in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com.
5: Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight.
9: It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you
17: I like.
4: The way hey, thanks for being with us. Maxwell like. King is with us. A brand new, first time ever biography of Mr. Rogers called The Good Neighbor the life and work of Fred Rogers. So, Maxwell, uh, in reading the book, which is a fabulous book, it is chalked with one great story after another. Thank you, John. My pleasure, really. I love the book. Thank you. Uh, Tom Hanks was uh, in town here recently shooting a movie, uh, and he's playing Fred Rogers. And anybody who saw the the image of Tom Hanks, he looked like
17: Fred Rogers.
4: They did a great job.
17: And he's such a fabulous actor. He sure is. I'm sure he does a, a wonderful job. He's played so many different roles so well yes and he i think what what i like about tom hanks acting is he doesn't overplay it and he'll do really well with fred rogers and i'm sure he won't overplay
4: it. yeah the subtlety within yeah. fred right yeah so the story that uh, tom hanks is part of this movie is based upon a story and a relationship with uh, a writer from esquire magazine right
17: right uh back in i'm pretty sure it's 1996 a writer named tom juno j-u-n-o-d did a wonderful profile of Fred Rogers in Esquire magazine, and Tom Janot is sort of known as a bad boy journalist who was really good at tearing things down. But they signed him to do Mister Rogers, thinking it would be, there'd be some irony there of oh, sure. the bad boy do- journalist doing this guy. Well, they became great friends for the rest of Fred's life. They were very, very good friends, and the movie is about the friendship between Tom Janot and 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 Fred Rogers and uh so tom Janot really has, you know spent a lot of time working on helping the the uh producers of the film uh m- make this movie and but here's here's the story that that's so you know life is always full of these ironies and 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 life sort of circles back on itself yes and um Back uh, when when I was at the Rogers Center and was finishing up my two years of helping them, being the director of the center and getting it underway, and Joanne Rogers uh, asked me to write the biography of uh, Fred Rogers, I called my agent in New York, who's a guy named David Black, and I had an agent because when I was the editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer, I did Uh, a book publishing program we did a lot of long series in the paper so we published about three dozen books and and David Black was involved in that so I called David Black up and I said David you know I'm out in Pittsburgh and I've been doing this at the Rogers Center and now I've got access, exclusive access for the purposes of a biography to all this material at St. Vincent College to do a biography of Fred, and I want you to represent it, blah, 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 blah. And then I stopped for a minute and silence, not a word. So I went on. I said, I think this is a good book because of this and that, Fred Rogers this and that, and I stopped. Nothing. And I said, David, what is wrong with you? This is a good idea. You're a good agent. Why don't you see it? And he said, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm speechless. Because 10 years ago, I flew to Pittsburgh with one of my best writers, Tom Genot, and we spent two hours with Fred Rogers pleading with him to let us, Tom Genot, do a biography of Fred Rogers. And he said, no, he didn't want one done by anybody he didn't want it, you know. The same thing Joanne Rogers later told me. He didn't yeah. want one to be done, so we never got it done. And now you call me up and you serve it up on a platter to me. And, <laughs> and, and he said, "Of course, I want to do it. Let's, yes, let's do it." And he was very helpful to me. Fabulous. But the irony is that then it it comes back around. I mean, actually, Fred Rogers should have said yes because Tom Janot is a much better writer than I am. I don't know. Oh, he's a beautiful writer. He really is. Uh, so, but it, the irony is it comes back around now, and Tom is involved in making this movie about the friendship. Uh, so it's just, life is sweet that it way. The way is. it just keeps coming around.
4: Especially around these personalities. <laughs> yeah. Very excellent. Hey,
17: so uh, as we
4: uncovered the the story of Fred Rogers in the book, and uh, you know, you get deeper into the book, uh, I often thought about Fred Rogers' kids because um, they're similar in age to me. And, uh, you know, just being in Pittsburgh, you know, two degrees of separation, you would hear about Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' sons. Yeah. So talk about that because, you know, as a Presbyterian pastor, of course, you know, you're talking to a Christian audience here, uh, everyone knows what a PK is. A PK is a pastor's kid. And it comes with a certain amount of baggage, both good and
11: bad.
17: And I'm sure that Fred Rogers' sons also had to carry that baggage. Well, sure they didn't. He, he was a pastor to the whole world yeah. on television, which made it even tougher for them. I think I interviewed both Jim and John, both sons, and they're wonderful. They, they were so much fun to talk to because they were completely open and honest about everything, including their own struggles in adolescence, acting out, and having having various, um, you know. I don't know if I'd call them problems. It's just growing up. Yeah. But the difficulties that poor Fred struggled with because <coughs> Fred told Joanne later he loved being the father of very little children because he was confident. But when he was the father of teenagers, he felt lost. And Welcome. We've all had that experience.
11: <laughs>
17: but they were so great to talk to. And they're both – interviewed in the documentary movie uh, won't you be my neighbor uh that came out in june and you can see what, what and how much they appreciated their loving father Fantastic. they both did
4: it's a burden but i'm sure it's a delight as well to be yeah. fred rogers son yeah. so uh, at the end of fred rogers life i mean of course there's so much that's packed into the good neighbor uh passed away uh, of stomach cancer yeah what was that like for him how did he
17: meet deme- uh, meet his demise well it w- uh, it was kind of spectacular how he did. He spent – he he didn't know he was going to die from stomach cancer until they did an operation in January of the year he died, 2003, if I'm remembering. Uh, yeah, that's correct. And they did an exploratory operation and they just sewed him back up there and was. said, we, there's nothing we can do. So he had about three months left to live and he spent that time – Doing a lot of praying, doing a lot of thinking about life, doing a lot of reading uh, when i when i Joanne took me to show me the bedroom where he spent the last three months of his life, and on the bedside table, which was kind of a revolving bookcase, kind of a table, there were all these books about you know there was the, the Presbyterian Bible, but there were books about uh, Confucius, about Buddhism, about Catholic mysticism. Nice. So he was reading about life to the end but he was also planning and uh, a good friend of his was Jim Okanak who runs the McFeely Rogers Foundation out in Latrobe and he was giving things to Jim, Jim Okanak and saying, Jim, I want you to send this to this person, that to that. In other words, he was leaving gifts as for uh, As he three exits. weeks after he died, two to three weeks after he died people all these people in his life started getting these presents oh, wonderful, usually without a note, because the present was the note <laughs> here 's this guy who was the the master of giving and caring and loving, doing it posthumously wow, really something
4: fabulous. Well, Maxwell, thanks an awful lot. I mean, just one terrific story after another, which comprises The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers. We're happy that you were able to spend time with us here and just give us a small touch of many more stories inside.
17: Thank you, John. What a pleasure talking to you.
4: My pleasure. It really was. Listen, do yourself a favor. Really, The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers, excellent gift. We'll be back in a few minutes with just a touch left.
12: 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Dell
4: Cyber Week Sale for Small businesses is on. Save big with massive deals on office essentials like computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors. Dell's Small Business Technology
1: Advisors can help you find the right tech at Cyber Week prices. Visit dell.com slash sbcyberweek or
2: call 877
4: by dell funny, you know, how you take things for granted? You don't know. And all those, all those years that Fred Rogers was in town, of course, you know, we love Fred. Um, uh, some people, I I know that Fred, for a lot of people, was ripe for mocking, wasn't he? That, um, there was something that was so gentle about, about him. uh, Dare I say, for some people, they would consider him effeminate. But uh, what a wonderful presence. And that life's work that he would open up a child's heart and make himself wholly available to that child, to let that child know that what was going on between Fred and that child was the most important thing in that child's life and Fred's life at that moment. I mean, what a great gift. The gift of presence, I believe, is what's lacking in most of our lives, isn't it? Especially in our um, obsessed iPhone age where we tumble through the day And, you know, screen scroll one after another after another, and all around us there's this beauty and incredible grace and joyous gifts of the moment-to-moment presence that God has given us in life. It's a good reminder to lay it down, to open up, to lift our head, and to look those in the eyes that we love the most and to become wholly present for them as God is for us. Thanks for being with us. Always a great gift to be with you, to allow the opportunity to let these emotions, these ideas, these prayers intersect between you and I and Kath and New Mike on a daily basis. Have yourself a great night, God willing. We'll see you same time tomorrow.
2: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.